This is Come and See by Father Ron Baird for April 24th, 2011, Easter Sunday. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. The message is by Mother Nancy Stanton. One of the best Easter sermons that I have ever heard in my life was done by Don Peterson. He was a priest that was in this area for many years and started St. Patrick's Episcopal Church. Don got up one Easter morning and stood in the pulpit and he said, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Now you know for sure God loves you. Alleluia, amen. That was it. Now you had mixed bags with this. Some people said, oh, that was wonderful. We get to go home early. And others said, I came all the way to church on Easter morning and made all these provisions so that I could be there. And that's all he's going to say? Well, quite honestly, if you think about it, that's all that needs to be said. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Now you know for sure God loves you. Today, on Easter Sunday, we have two themes that run through the day. One theme is faith, and one theme is love. First of all, to believe in the resurrection, we need faith, don't we? The resurrection's a mystery. And as Webster himself defines mystery, it's something which is puzzling, inexplicable, something which causes amazement, awe, wonder. And the resurrection is certainly all of those things. Something which can only be understood in the context of faith. For there is nothing on earth which can prepare us for the truth of the resurrection of the body from its death. And yet there it is. The sadness and the apparent finality of death. And it has all been overcome by the promise of life to come, which also can be accepted only through the eyes of faith. We had an unusual service here yesterday. During Holy Week, we normally do not have funerals, but we had a funeral. Yesterday, it was Cynthia Welch's funeral, old-time member of this church, and her family is spread out all over the United States, and they were able to all be here yesterday, all of her grandchildren and her children. So we went ahead and had the funeral, and I thought, I'm not sure how this is going to be. No flowers, no candles, no music. It was a joyous occasion. It was a joyous occasion because she was a woman who had faith. She was a woman who believed, and she believed in the resurrection, and she was ready to go and to move on with her journey of life. And so it was a joyous, joyous day. We probably also, some of us, are happy that we're finished with our Lenten discipline of this year. Let's hope that that's not the primary reason for our joy. 
the life of great joy and freedom and peace should be our new normal. Many years ago, I was teaching school at Bishop Nolan's Episcopal Day School in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And one of my students was Tony Kushner. Now, some of you will recognize that name as a name of the man who wrote Perestroika, Angels in the Age of Millennium. He won a Pulitzer Prize, and I keep saying he couldn't have done that if I hadn't taught him how to read. But Tony was Jewish. And we had several Jewish kids that went to Episcopal Day School. But the rule was, if you went to school there, you were an altar boy. Whether you were Jewish or Christian, it didn't make any difference. So Tony was, he was an altar boy. He was a very good altar boy, as a matter of fact. And uh, he came to me one day and he said, I don't understand this Lent. We had been talking to the children about Lent and what they should do for Lent and how they should give up something or take on something. And so I explained it to him a little bit more and he said, well, I wanna do Lent too. I said, okay, that's cool. And he gave up two of his most favorite things in life, gum and ice cream. I mean, this was big for Tony. This was really big. And he started to walk away and he turned and looked around. He says, you will tell me when it's over, won't you? And yes, I did tell him when it was over. <laughs> this is a day when we celebrate the most remarkable notion that humans have ever imagined. Our great God, the creator of the universe, has moved in time to change the rules. Death, as much as it is a part of the cycle of life that governs the created order, has now been nullified. Death has not been conquered simply for a show of power or for a show of might, but for a show of love. And that's a word that I've been talking about all through Lent. Everything our God does is a show of love because God himself is love. One of the greatest lines in the Bible comes from John 3.16. And it reminds us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that is truly, truly amazing. If anyone here can explain all of that to me, I wish they would. I think it's positively dumbfounding. It's wildly joyful. In the words of the prophet Jeremiah, this is the time that you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of merrymakers. This is the day that our joy is uncontainable, that we begin to celebrate the new life that is ours in a particular exuberant and outgoing way. For this begins the great season of Easter. Second, we see love at work. It was John, the disciple whom Jesus loved and who loved Jesus 
who was the first to believe in the resurrection. He was the first one to believe and to understand. Love gave him eyes to read the signs and to believe. Love can grasp the truth when the intellect is left just groping and uncertain. Love can realize something's true meaning when our minds are absolutely blinded. I think it's also fitting that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary should have been the first to receive the news of the risen Lord and to encounter him because they had been there among the last to be present with him at the cross. They were there when they laid him in the tomb. And now they were receiving love's reward. They were the first to know the joy of the resurrection, the joy of he is risen, he is not here. So now that Jesus has ascended to his heavenly home, where can people in our own day and age encounter Jesus? Earlier in John's gospel, some Greeks, historically renowned as great seekers of the truth, approached the disciples with the request to see Jesus. But at this point, Jesus can only be found through them. So there is the answer to our question. (coughs) Others should see Jesus through those who profess to believe in his name, namely us. Those of us who are Christian, those of us who are Christ's modern-day disciples, our friends and others should be able to encounter us in our everyday lives. They should be able to see Jesus through our love and through our service to them. This is love, which is impossible, unless it is rooted in a firm belief in the resurrection, a belief that our actions do have eternal consequences. We know that Mary Magdalene's life had been radically changed by her first encounters with Jesus. He saw the peace of God that was in her, deep, deep down within her spirit. And he brought her to the point of seeing it herself. And many of us are like that. We can't find that peace of God within us, and we have to pray and pull it up. They say the longest distance is between here and here. And that's where it has to go. We can believe in it here, but until it gets here, it doesn't become real. It's not really within us. Ideally, those of us that call ourselves Christians should cause the same effect and those that we meet as Jesus brought about with Mary Magdalene. We need to bring about a radical change of life and a belief of the inherent goodness of themselves and the human person. Here is someone who was scorned and despised by everyone, who has given back her dignity and her self-respect through her experience of Jesus. Just as he saw inner beauty in Mary when no one else did, 
we need to be able to see that inner beauty in ourselves, just as Christ has shown us. We need to see not the weak human natures, which we are all clothed in, but the peace of that divine heart, which resides in each and every one of us. We can neither understand Jesus nor help others to understand him unless we believe in him, unless we love him. Then, and only then, can we witness to that belief and show the love in our actions. Only then will others see Jesus within us. Several years ago, a group of salesmen went to a regional sales convention in Chicago. They assured their wives that they would be home in plenty of time for Friday night supper. One thing led to another, and the meeting ran over time. So the men ended up having to race to the airport, tickets in hand. <coughs> Obviously, this was before you had to go through all the checks as you do today. And as they barged through the terminal, one man inadvertently kicked over a table supporting a basket of apples. Without stopping, they all reached the plane in time and boarded it with a sigh of relief, all but one. And he paused. He had time to board it, but he couldn't do it. He experienced a twinge of compassion for the girls whose apple stand had been overturned. He waved goodbye to his companions, and he returned to the terminal. When he got to where the girl was, he was so glad he did, because he found it was a 10-year-old girl, and she was blind. Salesman gathered up the apples and noticed that seven, several of them were battered and bruised. And he reached in his wallet and said to the girl here, please take this $10 for the damage we did. And as he started to walk away, the bewildered girl called out to him, are you Jesus? That's where we need to be, where someone can call out to us and say, are you Jesus? It was kindness and disregard for his own welfare by this man, which caused a young girl to ask him that question. Our actions should cause others to ask, are you Jesus? Are you Jesus for your spouse or for your children or your parents? Are you Jesus for your neighbors? for your co-workers, for the strangers that you meet on the street or drive by on the road? Are you Jesus or all that you meet, like the girl in the story? Such love can only begin with a firm foundation in faith, in the reality of the resurrection, in the belief that Jesus loves you unconditionally. Christ is risen. And now you know God loves you unconditionally. Only then can you be Jesus to those that you encounter. For a faith in the resurrection 
can lead to love. And only a faith in Jesus can cause us to see Jesus in others and be Jesus to others. We now go into the Easter season. Can you be Jesus to one another? Amen. You have been listening to Come and See by Father Ron Baird. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrews is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.